Talk Live. Bring up anything you want toll-free at 855-453-453. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. As we launch into another program here, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever you want. That's the point of Free Talk Live. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about anything, and you can also go to the website and enjoy the features there for free, including archives that go all the way back to late 2006 and so many more features that you just don't get for free on those other talk show websites. Uh, Feel free. Go around and compare, and I bet you'll find more free at freetalklive.com then you'll find behind the paywall of some of those other talk show sites. So, good evening. It's Ian here with you. JJ. And Mark. Or afternoon or morning, wherever it is you happen to be listening, because people are all over the place. And one of the things we didn't get to last night, because we were live on Independence Day, we talked, uh, of course, about independence versus dependence and touched on uh, those topics uh, as well as some others. But one of the things we didn't get to was the secessionist movements, 10 of them uh, around the United States. We talked about Getting to it, never got to it, because uh, we were just talking generally about secession and how it's a great idea and that more people need to discuss it. The conversation needs to come up more often in personal uh, relations and at work and wherever you can talk about, I think, the ideas of getting out of the federal government, the better. And so there are some people that have organized politically in some cases and socially to propagate the idea of secession within their local area. And I think some of these folks are worth pointing out. And in fact, uh, the guys over at io9, that's io9.com, have put together a list of 10. And this is a, a fresh list, was just published this week from uh, Lauren Davis at io9.com. This week, the United States celebrates its independence from Great Britain, but throughout the nation's history, there have been plenty of people who have sought their independence from the U.S., not in it. Some of these rebellions against the U.S. have been mere publicity stunts, while others genuinely threaten to tear the country apart. Still, others continue to this day, their members insisting that secession is their naturally given right. And first up here, they have the Second Vermont Republic, uh, which we're very familiar with here in New Hampshire, being right next door. Uh, Right, because the first Vermont Republic at one point, Vermont is the 14th state in the Union. Does that sound right to you? Sounds right. I don't know. They always talk about the 13 colonies. Vermont was number 14. I see. It wasn't allowed in uh, initially. It was his own country. And, you know, it just sort of functioned normally. But uh, that's, you know, that's the distinction. Right. So now there are there's been a group actually that's been formed for quite a while. They've been active and well known within the secessionist movement uh, is the Second Vermont Republic. It points out here that several U.S. states have active secession movements like Hawaii and Montana and Texas, just to name a few. But the Second Vermont Republic considers itself perhaps the most uh, the foremost active secessionist organization in the country, according to Slate, and was on Time magazine's list of top 10 aspiring nations. This nonviolent citizens network and think tank seeks not only to secede from the United States, but also to support the dissolution of mega nations like the U.S., Russia, and China, looking to create an independent nation modeled on countries like Austria, Finland, Sweden, and Switzerland. The Second Vermont Republic is anti-war and subscribes to principles like political power sharing, economic solidarity, and sustainability. So it's definitely a movement with uh, kind of a leftist tinge. Yeah. Which is what you'd expect. Well, and we kind of know that from being here and where we are in Keene because it's so close to Brattleboro, which is a very sort of liberal town. I mean, Keene is a liberal town of its own. It's probably the most liberal town in New Hampshire. But yeah, (laughs) but Brattleboro is like above and beyond as far as my understanding of the culture. And so, yes, it's, it's been talked about a lot since, you know, obviously moving here. But I think 
we I sort of take pride in knowing that that not only Vermont and New Hampshire has these thoughts, but this whole New England sort of area, with the exception of perhaps Massachusetts, um, is sort of an area that has this sort of rebellious streak. And there is a lot of independent-minded people up here. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why New Hampshire ended up being chosen for the Free State Project. Although I believe both uh, Vermont and Maine were in the 10 candidate states as options, uh, I, th- I think Maine was in there. I know Vermont was in there. I think uh, Maine was, too. Yeah. Um, they, they specifically left out Hawaii and Rhode Island. Because of corruption issues and... You know, just they were going to be too difficult to do anything with. I think Hawaii had a lot of advantages um, that, you know, uh, you know, that other states wouldn't have. But, you know, at the same time, it's very attractive. And frankly, you know, one of one of the worst things about uh, New Hampshire's the Free State Project is it's cold and sort of, uh, you know, uh, it's sparsely populated. But that's one of the best things about New Hampshire for the Free State Project is is that it's cold, is that it's cold well, and because it separates people out like the, only the hardcore will come here. Uh, yeah, the, the people that will come are dedicated. Uh, the, you know, f- frankly, people say to themselves when they go down to Florida, play some golf, they say, what in the heck are we doing in New Hampshire? And they leave. Mm. Yeah, well, at the same time, it's also much cooler here in the summer. We're seeing record temperatures across the country sure. and over the hundreds. And here in Keene, it's, what, 88? There was a nice breeze blowing in my window yeah. uh, this yeah. morning. It yeah, was yeah. great. So <laughs> you, you, obviously you get the cold weather, but I think that sort of lack of, of overburdening heat, because I don't know about you guys, but paying for AC is uh, quite costly these days. Yeah. So it's paying for heat. Yeah, AC costs less than heat. Is that true? Um, it it okay. does generally. That's that's the case. But you know, you can. I suppose you can uh, heat with wood or, or things like that. Sure. So back to the Second Vermont Republic. It's a group that have they've actually put together uh, conferences on secession. I mean, these guys are definitely serious, and it makes sense that they listed them first uh, on this list here. But uh, they are, they also support, as it points out here, just uh, dissolution of mega nations across the world. So they view secession as valuable for everybody, not just uh, Vermont. And of course, I agree. The more secession we can have, the better. The uh, the more choices in which people have to locate themselves around the world, the more competition there is for those people, and the freer hopefully we'll all become. Now. According to the story here at io9.com, they, uh, in 2005, the group held an independence convention, which reported as the first such convention since North Carolina's secession in 1861. During that convention, the Second Vermont Republic passed the following resolution that says, Be it resolved that the state of Vermont peacefully and democratically free itself from the United States of America and return to its natural status as an independent republic as it was between January 15th of 1777 and March 4th of 1791. In uh, 2010, nine Vermonters ran for state political office, including for governor and lieutenant governor, on a secessionist platform. The gubernatorial and lieutenant gubernatorial candidates, however, received only 0.8% and 4.7% of the vote, respectively. So I guess this is one of those states wherein you vote for the lieutenant governor in a separate election. Mm, right. And in that case, it did a lot better than the governor candidate did. But I wonder how that compares to, the, say, the libertarian candidate or well, the who Green knows, Party candidate. You know, who knows if the candidate they had going forward was a terrible candidate. You know, yeah. like he terrible at public speaking or it's just not approachable. Who knows? Smaller parties, it's hard to find those charismatic those, people. Exactly. Well, I think that uh, they, they had an opportunity to talk about their issues, and that was really valuable. And they got that out in the media. So, you know, 
Well, I have to say I'm inspired by it because it's embarrassing to me that New Hampshire isn't listed on this list of 10. I mean, we're only on the first of nine here, but uh, these are 10 secessionist movements in the U.S. It's it's embarrassing that New Hampshire hasn't made it on that list. And we're behind the ball. And the activists up here who are supposed to be the best activists uh, in the country, and I think that they are, need to, in my opinion, get on this. So I've been talking with some of the other secession-minded folks up here about doing something like what they're talking about here, and that is having a third party uh, essentially be a secession party, uh, be kind of that one issue, push that issue out there during political elections. Interesting. I think it'd be valuable because fact is, you know, Running in political elections means that news media will cover you in a lot of cases. Of course, if you're a third party, it usually means you won't get coverage in a number of ways. But just being able to get out there and get into a, a perhaps get into a debate, uh, be able to reach voters with the idea of secession seems like a valuable concept to me. And- I think so, but it also depends on if there are other larger issues that those voters are going to just dismiss the secession over and and want to focus on too. I think that's that's probably the danger is that there are, in this political climate at least it's very volatile and there are some big issues out there that um, are going forward like the Obamacare for some people that's huge mm-hmm. and then of course the economy and of course whatever wars are going on overseas still so. I think it's a great I, – I agree that secession movement, movement needs to be going strong, but I, I just think there's so many distractions. I, yeah, I think a lot of people are – you know they consider their vote to be very valuable, and they don't want it to necessarily go toward you – know, for, for a waste. Anything that can create more discussion about the issue is all it's I'm valuable. really concerned with. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. More about the 10 movements to secede from the U.S., and of course you can tell us – Maybe you're involved with one. You're welcome to share. 855-453. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C-Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we provide there for you, including the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams as well as the free software that you'll need for your cell phone in order to tune those in. Go to m.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project, it's your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime because you you be getting together with other people who think like you do. That is, if you love the ideas of liberty. If you don't, then stay far away from the Free State Project. <laughs> but it's the reason why the three of us are here uh, tonight on the air together is because, JJ, you came from Wisconsin. Mark and I came from Florida. We're yep. here in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. There are over a 1,000 people, actually, that are here in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. And uh, there are over uh, nearly 12,000 people who have signed up to make the move here. There are going to hopefully be 20,000. We need that uh, 
close that gap between 12,000 and uh, 20,000. So if you can help, there's a lot to be done up here. We really are just getting started. Uh, I was talking last night with a couple of newer movers uh, about what all the activism that's happening here and and how important a lot of it is. Like, uh, JJ, you're doing Free Keen TV on a weekly basis, which is, to my knowledge, one of the only live if not the only live news program in the liber- you know that is created by liberty minded people out perhaps there. yeah i think out so there. people have talked about it there's been a lot of talk about uh, liberty oriented television yeah. but you know not much being produced yeah and now it's been uh, it's almost up to 52 episodes that's right, right. Uh, so it's a big deal yep it is so that's happening there's a lot of really important stuff happening up here but i was saying the other night boy it sure is going to be great after another decade goes by because, like, for instance, you just started up a video production company not long ago, Starfall Media, which yes. folks can find over at uh, YouTube. Just type in Starfall Media. Starfall's all one word. Uh, but you want to really kind of get that ball rolling, and you're just now getting that started, uh, even though you've been here for, for five years. So what I was saying is, like, ten years down the line, it's going to be interesting, all the folks that moved here around when we did – you know, five years ago or around now, 10 years from now, are going to have roots put down. They're going to, you know, some of them will have purchased homes. Uh, businesses will have expanded. And uh, those folks will have become more integrated in their, their surrounding communities. And I've what just heard uh, recently, look- by the way, that uh, home uh, it's now cheaper to own a home than it is to uh, rent. So. You know, That's great news. People are going to start you know, putting down roots even further yeah. everywhere. And so what will New Hampshire and the Liberty scene here what will it look like in 10 years? Right. I mean, it's almost hard to imagine it. Well, it's it's sort of like I, I had a, a moment to look back and uh, reflect on my, my journey here in New Hampshire. And it's it's been, it took me a while to get things started because I wanted to be a part of the community and the community was young. It was just growing. And now there's so many people at this point that you can find more collaboration with your projects and your ideas and in the past, obviously, we didn't have the manpower to accomplish some of these things because there just wasn't that many people. Mm-hmm. But as we get you know closer and closer to the uh, 20,000 signer mark, more and more people are moving early, and they're getting started on these projects now. So this is like the ground floor situation. A lot of these things going on, uh, I know well, Freaking TV, for example, is only a year old. So a lot of these projects are brand new in, in some respects, and they need more people to come in with their ideas, their influence, and their energy to take them to the next level. Absolutely. Or create something that's brand new and that's never been done before because heretofore no one's ever had the ability to tap into an activist marketplace almost, like an activist uh, smorgasbord of choices as far as people that can be involved, people that can add new thoughts to the mix. It's so much fun and it's uh, it's a lot, it's it's very exciting. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project. It's not a secessionist movement per se, but there certainly are people within it, like myself, who support secession. Well, with the Shire Society, isn't that sort of the idea is secession within your mind first? Yeah, for sure. I'm not a part of that society anymore. You have to be the change you wish to see in the world. And and certainly the Shire Society is, uh, I think it's a compliment uh, to the the Free State Project. But I wanted to point out the Free State Project for folks. And we're also talking about 10 uh, movements to secede from the United States. Because, well, this is a really important idea, and you know, it's a right, it's pretty close to Independence Day, so I think it's still important to to touch on this. There's also the Alaskan Independence Party, this detail coming from io9.com. Now, I want everybody to think about how weird Alaska is before we go on. I mean, it's completely unattached from the United States. It has 
really no business being a state at all. You know, they bought it uh, essentially. I think the the concern was that uh, the, the the Great Britain would own basically the majority of uh, you know the North American continent, and the United States didn't want that, so they bought Alaska from the from Imperial Russia at the time. Uh, so you're talking about. Pfft, early 1900s maybe it was late 1800s i'm not sure and it's just but it's just so odd it's such an odd piece of america hanging off of the north american continent mm-hmm. now think in order to because uh, we've seen it our whole lives it seems ordinary but imagine if new hampshire seceded and maine was no longer connected to the continental united states you had to drive through another country to get there now people will often talk about you know when, when you bring up new hampshire seceding this is one of the complaints is, is well, what about maine maine right. won't be attached to the united states anymore oh well what about alaska yeah. they're a lot <laughs> right. farther away right. I mean, what's alaska doing hanging out there i mean doesn't having alaska in this sort of country going to isn't it more of like a territorial or a resource control sort of like a colonization isn't it harken back to the old mindset of we must secure resources yes. and mm. claim them and then protect them Alaska is as close to a colony as you can get I mean essentially they're they're there because of their oil if they tried to go away it'd be it, you know the complaint would be about the oil and all the Alaskan citizens as I understand get a check from you know yeah, oil, oil um, you know just being there just getting oil so fun every year it's called yeah something like that well there's something out there called the Alaskan Independence Party and this is amazing to me it's it definitely gives Vermont's uh, movement a run for its money, certainly with registered members. I don't know if they get the same level of press, but uh, 15,255 is what the Alaskan Independence Party claims as far as its membership is concerned. Sarah Palin's husband was involved. It does mention that here, uh, which I don't know. I don't know who he is, but uh, Sarah Palin's cer- husband. She's certainly not uh, anybody who under you know is an advocate of liberty. Well, but independence doesn't mean liberty. That's true. It doesn't. Uh, however, the claim is that the Alaskan Independence Party has a heavily libertarian stance on issues. Now, I haven't taken the time to dig deep and see if that claim is true. That's the journalist claim about the Alaskan Independence Party. But we all know that journalists and other people don't really have a real well, concept of what libertarianism is. Very few people can be sold on, let's secede so we can have more government. Uh, yeah, well, no doubt about it. I mean, it. liberty speaks to people's souls. They understand the ideas of liberty. Of course, once they get it, then they just advocate for more restrictions on other people. The Alaskan Independence Party is the third largest political party in Alaska. Not only that, I think they make a claim on their website that they're just the third largest political um, – of all like state political parties as far as membership is concerned, these guys are the third largest in of all the 50 states alternate political parties outside of Republicans and Democrats. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really? so they have members. more they have more members than the Californian Libertarian Libertarian I Party. I bet you they do. The Texan Libertarian Party. I can tell you party. the New Hampshire Libertarian Party has 45 members. So what's the what's the <laughs> membership qualification? I mean, if a state just allowed somebody I don't know, just you can sign a piece of paper, I right. guess. 855-453, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Some parties charge for membership. I don't know if they do. 1-855-450-3733. You can take control here. This is Free Talk Live. Oh, 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 
It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here tonight, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site for free. Uh, All of them over there, freetalklive.com. The webcam is one of those features. You can watch, listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to accomplish that. That's cam.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting your own business, here's a word to the wise. You can, if you're going to incorporate, incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. It also costs a great deal of money. When I went to incorporate a business back in, oh, it might have been 98 or 99, a lawyer wanted to charge me a quick 600 bucks to do it. And that's been more than 10 years. I imagine they're probably even charging more now. So at LegalZoom.com, you can do it for you know significantly um, less costly. It's, it's fast. It's easy. They do all kinds of legal documents there, patents, wills, trademarks. Use coupon code FTL. Save $10 on your order. It's LegalZoom.com. Okay, so we've been talking about secession and specifically 10 secessionist movements that are active in the United States. Uh, the first one was the Second Vermont Republic. We're now discussing the Alaskan Independence Party, which claims, uh, according to io9.com, it's io9.com, to have 15,255 registered members, which I think is a bit of a misleading way to put to uh, to write this because upon further uh, investigation, and they did provide a link here to verify, io9.com provided a link to this 15,000, and it goes to a state government page. Uh, Alaska.gov, where they list uh, voter registrations. So it's usually different to be registered as a political party uh, member versus actually be a paying member of a political party. You know this because you've registered a lot of people, Libertarian in Florida. Right. Uh, It would be a lot harder to get 15,000, say, paying members, people who are going to fill out some sort of a party registration form or a party membership form. So let's separate them into different terms. There's registered members, if you will, or registered participants, shall we say, in the Alaskan Libertarian Party with the government, which totals over 15,000. But as far as actual paying members, active members within the party, I imagine that's much smaller. But all that said, that's a pretty big deal. They yeah, have 15,000 people. Right. What's the uh, population of Alaska? I mean, is that a... I don't know like the population of Alaska offhand, uh, but in uh, as far I as... I bet you it's less than, uh, less than a million people. It is... Fewer. That's a good question. Wikipedia would know the answer to that, but I do have what uh, the, is the total number of registered voters, which is near 500,000. So to have 15,000 of that 500,000, you know, that's not that's not bad at all uh, for, a, for a small third party. So there's 500,000 registered voters? That's what I'm seeing here. Seems pretty good. Yeah. Population total apparently is uh, 7,200,000 7, people. Wait, what? 720,000 people. Excuse me. Okay, got it. 722. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, so there's a little bit more here about the Alaskan Independence Party. According to io9.com, uh, it's not the only item, by the way. Secession isn't the only item on their platform. They 
according to this website, take a heavy, heavy libertarian stance on issues. We've yet to dig into that. But one of its governing beliefs is that the 1958 vote for statehood for Alaska was illegal because voters were not presented with the entire range of available options. That is, they could have remained a territory, become an independent country, become a U.S. commonwealth, or become a state. They make no secret of their disdain for the United States, however, on their party's website, stating, quote, considering the moral, educational, and economic decay of the U.S., Alaskans who hold themselves to a higher standard might very well decide to at least maintain an arm's length distance from a country in decline, unquote. Wow. <laughs> in 2006, AIP members sought to get a secession. Now, this is awful. Uh, they sought to get a secession initiative on the ballot, but the Alaska Supreme Court ruled that any attempt to secede would be unconstitutional, thereby blocking the initiative. Wow. Hmm. So the state would not allow the people's initiative on the ballot because they ruled in advance that it would be unconstitutional, that people didn't even get a chance to vote on that in Their Alaska. state's constitution is written, you know, as a constitution of a state of the United States, then I guess it could be unconstitutional, right? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I think the whole idea of seceding is like... But but you, like it's so what they said to these people is you can't have a vote for what you want and you know what the old saying is is if you can't get it at the ballot box where do people go the cartridge box right I mean I I what what did they tell these people if you want to successfully secede from the United States first kill us I mean that's not the answer obviously but, but what's but the other what's the other choice they are backing people into a corner and and cornered animals at some point are going to how out. Well, can yeah. Alaska secede. Without voting on it, well, I, yeah, that's a good question, Mark, and I, I don't know if I specifically have the answer, or if there is a specific answer that it, that involves, you know, nonviolent sort of situation because of the edifice of the state and the fact that they control guns and basically armies of police units. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I think that the culture dictates a lot of what happens. Like, if the culture is one of secession then the police that live in this culture aren't going to go shooting people for wanting to secede because, well, that's their culture, too. Yeah, I think that uh, what what the answer really is is to uh, you know elect enough people that you can nullify the actions of the federal government. What you need to do is have a consistent... Uh, you know, day in, day out, your state tells the federal government, well, you can, you know, we're, we're willing to play with you, you know, in this way and this way and this way, but... You know, this thing you're doing is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. And then over time, you'll have created a barrier barrier between the us and them, I guess. So there's the Alaskan Independence Party. Maybe you are a member of the Alaskan Independence Party or you've been a member and you'd like to, I don't know, shine a little bit of light onto a whole lot that we don't know about it. It sounds interesting. 855-450-FREE. And imagine having that many people actually, actually considering themselves a member of a party that their main stance is we want to secede from the U.S. That's tremendous. It's, the 15, big, it's big. If you could get those people, and the, one of the problems is they probably aren't in active communication with them all because they're just registered voters. They're not actually members of the party. But if you could get those people to come together for some sort of common political purpose, say – well, if you're serious about seceding from the U.S., go ahead and declare your own personal secession and don't pay income tax anymore. You know, don't uh, don't jump through federal regulatory hoops. I mean, if you have three percent of the registered voters in the state, fifteen thousand people who are willing to stand up and actually refuse to obey, the government's not going to be able to imprison fifteen thousand people. No, it's just not possible. 
Because you also have to remember there are more of us than there are of them. And as soon as people realize that and decide that they're willing to take a risk and join together with others and do something about their oppression, everything will change. Well, that's that's the big uh, question there, isn't it? It's the whole idea of the crosswalk situation. When you right. see that first person, you know, the, the analogy goes. And then, going to cr- whoever crosses first. And then the group the follows, exactly. And it you, happened to you, me the other day. I, you use the term oppression, and I think a lot of people don't consider what we live in the United States as oppression. And I can see why they would If that's wouldn't. the case, happily go ahead and keep paying taxes and jump well, through all the hoops they put up for you. you know, they, they see the government as getting involved in their lives. They see the government as costly, as inefficient, as messing with people you know, here or abroad or wherever. But it's not oppressive until they get put in a cage or beaten? I think so. Well, I think I, that for a lot op- of oppression is, uh, you know, to some extent, I think people put oppression on a scale. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, what, you know, these are, these are terrific tyrannical acts or these are bad things that governments do. You know, that's probably as far as they go with it. Bad things the governments do, but only the things at the very end of them are truly oppression. Um, you know, oppression is throwing people into gas chambers. Oppression is, you know, wiping a genocide. Oppression is uh, starvation and famine caused by the government officials. They tend not to think about people being taxed as oppression. But I'd cons- but I ask you this. What if what if you figured out a better and more effective form of slavery. Back in the, you know, say at the mid-1800s, you figured out a better and more efficient form of slavery. A slavery where, you know, the slaves would take care of themselves. they feed themselves. they clothe themselves. This is very expensive stuff. Um, they'd be happier. They could do what they wanted. But you just took mm, somewhere between 25 and 50 percent of what they made. And instead of – because obviously you don't get everything that a slave makes anyway because you have to feed them, you have to clothe them, you have to put shelter of them. So there's cost to it. Plus, you know, they don't work very hard because they're not doing things they don't want to do. They're unhappy. Um, you know, they don't get to, to marry who they want and that kind of thing. So if they're happy, they work harder. What if you could make more money by just oppre- oppressing your slaves less? Oppression that is subtle is oppression nonetheless. 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. Oppression, secession, whatever you want to talk about. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Tonight here, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. Join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. If you like the show and you like the fact that the website is free and all the stuff there is free to you, then maybe you want to voluntarily support Free Talk Live. You can do that by going to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that you send us 3 bucks a month, and then we um, invest that into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom, the idea of secession in this particular case on this uh, tonight's episode. If that's valuable to you, if it's worth the price of a cup of coffee or less, I was at Starbucks with uh, a friend the other day, and she 
paid something like five and a half dollars for a cup of coffee. Well, it's not a cup so, of coffee. It's a, you know. There was coffee in a cup and it had flavorings in fantastic it. Fantastic little mix or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being, it's three bucks a month and it makes a big difference for Free Talk Live. It really helps uh, Free Talk Live get on more stations, which means we'll reach more ears. So go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll get perks too, like the Amp Only call-in lines, Amp Only forum, and more. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Secession is the topic on the table, and specifically the movements that are actually active, or some less active than others, I guess, as we'll go through this list. But uh, we've talked about Vermont and their Vermont, uh, Second Second. Vermont Republic, the Alaskan Independence Party, and now the Conk Republic. We've discussed the Conk Republic on the air in years past on Free Talk Live, and I don't think they're uh, as active as the previous two movements, but nonetheless, it's pretty fascinating what their story is. Uh, some secession movements, this by the way from io9.com, that's io9.com. Some secession movements are serious business, while others are a bit more tongue-in-cheek. The secession of the Florida Keys Conk Republic, which lasted one minute, definitely falls in the latter category. In 1982, the U.S. Border Patrol set up a roadblock and inspection point between Key West and the Florida mainland, meaning that U.S. citizens are being stopped and searched for narcotics and illegal immigrants while driving within their own state. And it didn't help tourism much either. You know, it sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. Doing the exact same thing today on a wide scale across the southwest of the U.S. There are border patrol checkpoints all over the place. And some of them are actually at the border, but a whole bunch of them are within, you know, several miles of the border. Maybe even as many as 100 miles of the border. They can actually set these up anywhere, as we found out uh, recently. So this 100-mile window isn't even anything that's real. It was just manufactured by uh, by the press. These Border Patrol checkpoints could pop up in a town near you, and they did back in 1982 uh, near Key West. So what happened? Well, after the city of Key West failed to get an injunction against the roadblock, meaning a judge would not put a stop to it, Mayor Dennis Wardlow, as an act of protest, declared himself prime minister of the new Conk Republic, which then declared war on the United States. The war's sole casualty was a piece of stale Cuban bread, which Wardlow broke over the, uh, the head of a man wearing U.S. naval uniform. Afterward, Wardlow immediately surrendered to the man and applied for $1 billion in foreign aid. Despite being short-lived, <laughs> the Conk... <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. it's pretty funny. Actually. It's funny, yeah. The Conk Republic has become a source of tourism for the Florida Keys. Visitors to the Keys can apply for a Conk Republic passport, purchase Conk Republic dollars, and partake in the independent celebrations each April. The Republic also has a particularly excellent motto, which is, We seceded where others failed. It's very cute. And if you go to the Conquer Public website, you'll learn a lot more about their history. And it's it's a lot of fun uh, reading about it. But there's some claims that the Conquer Public passport has actually uh, gotten people into certain island nations. So it's not like they care, you know. I, I mean, guess they don't. Which you want to come great. on in here and spend money, honky, conky Joe? I believe that uh, uh, I believe that it's some terminology for for I don't know somebody. Conky Joe, some conky kind of ter- Joe. Conky Joe is some kind of terminology um, that is used out in the islands to refer to somebody. Like I'm not a, exactly like, sure. a, like a gringo, kind of like slang for so. American. I think so. Interesting. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. It may be just be white guys. I'm not. I'm not exactly certain. But um, yeah, you. 
you want to come in here and spend money? Sure. Whatever piece of paper needs to get stamped, absolutely. When I was in um, Haiti, that's awesome. Flew in on a, a, a turbo prop, landed on a grass runway in Haiti, <laughs> walked into the cinder block, the, the, the nicest building I saw the whole time, the cinder block building of the, the airport, airport. <laughs> with the open windows and the flies buzzing around. Oh, <laughs> Got my passport stamped by uh, you know bureaucrats there and went out. Side, I mean, I, I. So those bureaucrats weren't so concerned with the security features on your passport. I don't think they really cared. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> I don't think they cared. So I think it's particularly uh, fascinating that people have been able to use the Conquer Public passport, uh, which is essentially a novelty passport. I mean, the Conquer Public doesn't really exist in any people's uh, in any significant fashion. I don't think they're doing much more than having a, a little party once a year and what I'm calling get, it the Conquer Public. Gotta say is that it takes a pair to you know go to some foreign nation where. You know, you're taught in the United States that all the rest of these places are inferior. You, the last place you want to end up is in jail in one of them, and present a foreign, uh, you know, a, 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 a fake passport to these people. But why is it fake? See, that's the thing. Conquer Republic may because not have a very says large it's fake. movement. Well, and then I say it's real. The Conquer Republic <laughs> may not have a very large movement behind it because honestly, I've I've co- tried to contact these guys to ask them. <laughs> about their passport you know where can i get one of these made how can i buy one from you you know i'd like to see the quality of it i i want to buy one of their passports and uh, I've, I've been unable to get them to respond to a phone call or an email I, it's not like i've been beating down their door i've sent like a couple emails over a few years uh but so it doesn't seem like there's a very big movement behind uh, the conquer it's public some guy who broke a loaf of bread over a naval guy's head there's a website i mean there is a website for the conquer public and i think there certainly are people that know about it and maybe it number of people that consider themselves uh, members of the conquer public and i think it's great that uh you know that they've been able to create this passport that has actually successfully worked and why shouldn't it work why why isn't it real i mean how is the conquer public or the shire society or any of these other uh, concepts of separate societies people leaving the government under which they were born and declaring themselves members of something that's different something that's separate how is it that those aren't as real because aren't they all just imaginary constructs they are, but there's a certain, uh, you must be this tall to get on this ride, nation-state sort of standard to be met for the legitimacy of the other nation-states. So, like, And who sets that? Is it the UN? No, no, I think it's each sort of state has their own sort of, well, they're playing by these rules, so we should play by them too, because we're all fictional characters anyway, so let's have the pageantry. Well, but they don't all have the same rules, obviously, because if you walk into an island nation with a Conquer Public passport... How are they going to know that there's no Conquer Public? I mean, can you name all 200 uh, nations? I think, yeah, I think there's certain nations where, if you will, that it's, it's going to be accepted at because they're, they're not the kind of nation state that I'm talking about. I see what you mean. I'm saying there's a certain standard that a nation state has that they adhere to and that they expect other nation states to adhere to, and that is uh, perpetually planning for and building states, the government itself, right. the edifice, um, keeping the paperwork going because there has to be a paperwork flow to track their property, which is people. And then, of course... Protocol, protocol, protocol. Yeah, proto- you know, that sort of stuff. And then, of, of course, there's the 
the if you don't, then this is what happens. You know, they right. all have to. There's some penalty or some some threat looming over everybody's head at all times. Well, I mean, all all states, and again, we're still talking about the idea of a state. There are people who will use violence. There are people who will threaten you. They'll wear uniforms and fancy hats and badges. Uh, they all act in very similar ways. But I guess what you're saying is that at at some point, you know, whatever that arbitrary point is. Like, for instance, the bureaucracy that runs something else in a, in a state might be more uh, apt to oppress their own people. But as Mark was pointing out, oh, who cares? Let the white islander, you know, let the white boy in with a passport and let him come spend money here. So they don't really care so much about their rules in that particular aspect, nor could the bureaucrats on the ground possibly even know what the Conk Republic is. I think also it, another thing that plays a part is the money that's given to some of these Entities, or these these characters, these nation states abroad by the United States. So, mm-hmm. like, to let's buy say their allegiance, yeah, exactly to buy their protocol, to buy them That's enforcing possible. this certain protocol. Whereas other na- other little states or little uh, islands or whatever, they're like, we don't care. We just want their money. They should just come here with their money. You can show me whatever fancy piece of paper you want, and I'll put a fancy stamp yeah. on it. But you, as long as you bring your money, <laughs> yeah, you're coming in the bucks. door. We want the stamp, man. Bring, give me the book. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, they'll, they'll give you a stamp. And, huh, and they'll have a souvenir nice shop right next to the stamper, and he'll be trying <laughs> to sling some wares on you. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, you know, it, really, it's great. It goes to show the ludicrousness of these little pieces of paper. And people would have uh, you know, I, I thought during the talk radio rumble, you were uh, you were confronted with the conversation, Ian, about, uh, you know, what about borders? And Jimbo Hannon, uh, who was moderating the, uh, the the discussion, said, well, countries for all of time have protected their borders. Really? Really? Where is this country a hundred years ago that was, uh, you know, had all these soldiers picketed along the edge that were collecting information for people that wanted to travel into their country? There's more coming up here. Plenty of chances uh, for you to get on and get your thoughts out. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Take control of the airwaves. All you have to do is dial in. And the number's toll-free to make it easy for you. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And you can, of course, join us online as well over at freetalklive.com. Get interactive on the site. And you can vote on the items that you'll see there. You can also create your own. You can add new things to the website. But it's also very important for folks to participate in the voting process, which is easy to do. All you have to do is be logged in. Of course, the accounts are free. And once you're logged in, you click the Upcoming Stories uh, link near the top of the page. And then that'll take you to the list of stuff that other listeners, and maybe even you, have submitted to the site. And then you can vote up or down on each of those items. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So it's a very community-built site. It would not exist 
in its current form were it not for listeners like you taking part. So thanks for doing that. If you have already, if you haven't yet, check it out. It's, uh, it's worth a little bit of time to see how it works because it can really help our listeners share with one another and with the hosts of the show the stuff that they think is interesting. So go to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there. Uh, still to come here tonight... Cop blockers have been labeled professional agitators. JJ has that story. If we get a chance, we'd get some hate mail. And, of course, we'll take your calls about anything at 855-450-FREE. Now, for those of you just tuning in, we've been discussing secession again, uh, specifically the 10 movements to secede that are, to a lesser or greater extent, still active uh, in the U.S. today. At least thus far, the list has been somewhat active. There's been the Second Vermont Republic, which is definitely active. The Alaskan Independence Party, also very active. The Conquer Republic, not, not so, so much. Active. But they do have a website. I mean, it still exists. Somebody's as, paying for a website, right? Yeah, it exists just like other ideas exist. And there are supposedly Conquer Republic passports that people have purchased. I have been unsuccessful at uh, inquiring regarding them, but it, in theory, there's still some out there floating around. What's it around. say on the website? What is the website? I don't know offhand. Conquer Public and Google would likely uh, bring it right up for you. <laughs> and uh, so we're Conch. C-O-N-C-H, Conquer Public. Uh, anyway, just to recap briefly, the Conquer Public was essentially kind of a protest thing that the mayor of Key West did back in 1982 to protest the blockage of uh, one of the, the, I guess, the only way in and out of uh, Key West, or at least one of them. Uh, they were blocking out. There's only one way, right, Mark? Only one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually been to uh, to Key West, even though I lived in Florida my most of my adult life. Uh, so he was protesting it, protesting the uh, the border. They sell Patrol. the passport right on the site. Why wouldn't you buy one there? I've inquired regarding it, and no one has responded to my email. So I don't know if they're actually selling anything. Like if you don't want to respond to a customer's in- inquiry, you probably aren't selling anything. Maybe they just put it in a thing and send it to you. Maybe they will, but uh, generally, I, you know, it's it's kind of sucks when you send somebody money on a website form and then you discover that that person doesn't check their email anymore. Yes, and they have <laughs> right. your money, but you don't get your product. Yes, and so it doesn't hurt to send an inquiry prior. It's a to telephone number here, I, and I've called and left a message and a few no times. I right? bet you have. more than once. Uh, just because, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of having another uh, country of sure. seceding. Do you have a passport right now? Uh, do I have a U.S. passport? I did, but it's expired. Okay. I let it expire because I didn't feel comfortable engaging in what I consider to be a contract with the federal government. I just – I don't want anything to do with them. I don't want their permission for anything. Fair enough. So it, it was it was difficult for me because I like the idea of having a passport. Uh, but on the other hand that, – so that's why something like a Conquer Republic passport could come in handy, especially if it can actually get you into some island nations, uh, for instance, as some people have claimed. Now – Back to the piece here. I have a passport, and I'm going to keep that thing current, and I think Ian's nuts. <laughs> Back to, look, I want to secede from the U.S. That, that means I should not interact with them. I should not ask them for services. Apparently, you them. don't want to be able to leave either. Well, I thought you said, Mark, that you could leave if you don't have a passport. Didn't you say that before? Like, if I wanted to go to Mexico or something if like that? If they decide to let you out, if, this, if they decide to let you in, Mexico can let you in well, if they would want. be Mexico's choice, right? And then these right. other nations that are in the island somewhere have uh, allegedly let Conquer Republic passport holders in. So, God, just figure out new ways to make your life miserable. There's always a way to get out. You can, you know, pack yourself in on some kind of shipping container. Or <laughs> set yourself on fire in, a, in front oh of a gosh. federal building or something. <laughs> the uh, Conquer Republic isn't the only secessionist movement. This, by the way, a piece from io9.com, the 10 movements to secede from the U.S. It's not the only secessionist movement to jokingly attempt the mouse that roared strategy. In the early 1970s, the Forgottonia movement, as in the word <laughs> forgotten, 
Uh, the Forgottonia movement planned to declare the secession of 14 counties in western Illinois and similarly similarly collect aid, foreign aid, that is, after declaring war on the U.S. and then surrendering. The idea was to bring attention to the impoverished region. The city of Winnicon, Wisconsin, threatened to secede and form the sovereign state of, Wis- of Winnicon after being left off the official Wisconsin roadmap. During a secret committee meeting, they resolved to declare the village president, James Coughlin, as king and wow. annex nearby territory, starting with Oshkosh. Similar <laughs> tactics have also been tried by Minnesota's Republic of Kinney and Missouri's McDonald Territory. Now, JJ, you grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah, Had you ever heard of no, the I've sovereign never... state of Winnicon? Am I pronouncing it right? Win- well, see, this, yeah, that's, I think that's about right. But the thing is, in Wisconsin, you have these alien i'm not i'm sorry these indian sort of nations and i don't you know there's reservations and i know that as i drove through new york that i I went through that sort of reservation where they declare themselves a separate you know not part of the united states blah Mm -hmm. blah blah and that isn't really prevalent in wisconsin i know the indians are granted certain privileges with the casinos but you know i've never heard of any of that stuff to be honest with you and I've Wisconsin's lived in a big place. Well, I've lived in I lived in Oshkosh for oh, really? about two two and a half years. Apparently, so. this wasn't news. <laughs> well, I mean, this is old news. Remember, they're just talking about things that happened in the past. So uh, I don't know when Winnicon threatened to uh, form the uh, sovereign state of Winnicon, but it may not have been any time recently. So back to the more active movements of uh, secession that are currently going on here in the U.S., the Republic of Lakota. Uh, we've talked about yep. the Lakota Indians, uh, the Lakota Indian tribe, which uh, we actually had Russell Means on the show. They had the single best legal um, standing of all any of these things that I've ever heard of. I mean, they had a basically a treaty with the United States government saying that this all that land and it's covering huge. five states. I mean, not covering the five states, but it's in five states. Right. Uh, North North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Nebraska, Montana. And Montana. Yeah. And so, I mean, they've got a very big area and essentially they've got they have all the standing that I can tell in the world because the United States has broken the treaty, so therefore the treaty's null, and they must have all that land then. But obviously, the South South Dakota Highway Patrol is still pulling people over on their land. Is that <laughs> obvious? I don't know. Yeah, okay. that's obvious. Probably true. I mean, but. it's almost half of South Dakota. I imagine there's a lot of this land where there's nothing there. Okay, it's Sioux City or whatever it is. I think it's Sioux City. What Rapid Rapid City? Is Rapid City. In there? Um, I mean, it's covering the whole that whole edge. I mean, are people paying uh, fees to the Lakota Nation to come in and see Mount Rushmore no. or Crazy Horse? No, no, they're not. So they got a ways to go, but they are out there and they are active. Uh, according to the story here at io9.com, technically members of the Republic of Lakota, and they do have a website, it's republicoflakota.com. LA. You can get to Lakota Nation silver uh, currency at, at silver.freetalklive.com. At silver.freetalklive.com, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they actually have the Lakota Nation. It's very Nation. attractive. They actually have the Lakota Nation bank, and that's a whole separate conversation worth having. Yes, it is. But uh, they don't consider themselves secessionists because they consider themselves part of an independent sovereignty that never belonged to the United States. Proponents of this movement wish to form a Native American homeland within the borders of the 1868 Treaty of Fort Laramie, which would encompass more than 77,000 square miles in North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Montana. Headed by Native American activist Russell Means, who and uh, at one point was a member of the Libertarian Party, and we had Russell on the show uh, a while back. He's also been in some Hollywood movies, such as Last of the, Mohe- mm-hmm. uh, Last of the Mohicans. 
and the Lakota Freedom Delegation traveled to Washington, D.C. in 2007 and, quote, withdrew from the constitutionally mandated treaties to become a free and independent country, unquote. So they consider it a done deal. Like, these guys are for real. They are serious. They're not begging anyone's permission to uh, d- declare their own sovereignty and nation. I think it's really neat. I just don't know what else there is to do. I mean, have they built any infrastructure behind this? I mean, what, what, I, well, what is it? Maybe we need to have Russell Means back on and get, uh, get I'd an love to hear about it. I'd love to on. find out. Uh, you know, I mean, I just... It's probably I, been five years since we've had them on. If the Lakota Nations actually manages to secede from the, the United States, in my mind, whatever that means, mm-hmm. I'd be interested in moving there. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. More on the way about the Republic of Lakota and other secessionist movements active today in the U.S. and elsewhere. 855-450-FREE. You're welcome to add your thoughts into the mix. Bring up whatever's on your mind as well. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 1-855-450-3733. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want and dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features. That awaits you there. Lots of stuff. Archives going all the way back to 2006. You can click and download as many as you like. You can also go into our SoundCloud page, and that will give you access to our archives in a very easily shareable manner. You can just click the share button on any one of the archives that you like, and easily share it to your Facebook page, your Twitter profile, WordPress blog, however you want to share it. There are a bunch of different options for you there. So you can find the SoundCloud link by going to freetalklive.com, looking under Listen and Share on the left-hand side, and click over to SoundCloud. And that'll make it easy to share your favorite episodes or moments with uh, your friends. And also you can comment on the episodes as well. So head over to freetalklive.com, grab some archives. Bitcoins um, will allow you or anyone to be able to send and receive payments anywhere in the world without any fees. That means you can send money from here to Iceland and nobody's going to take any of it. Um, no bank or government agency or whatever is going to take any slice of it. Somebody's always inserting themselves between you and whatever your uh, you know business is. It's mathematically impossible for bitcoins to be counterfeited, for anyone to freeze your account, for any government agency to block you from sending or receiving payments, for any bank to block you. Um, It's impossible for them to interfere in your account in any way. And if you're careful about it, bitcoins can be used anonymously as well. They can give you 100% complete control over your money. It's uh, bitcoins. You can find out more about them by going to weusecoins.org, watching the short video there. You can get a wallet at Bitcoin.org. JJ, you just did this this week? That's right. I just uh, experienced my first Bitcoin experience at We Use Coins and uh, you know, did some, some learning and research into that. So Has it been positive thus far? Yeah, I, I think setting up the wallet and getting, uh, getting a sort of a 
background knowledge on what's going on. It was was quick and easy. I'm now now I'm just waiting for the people to give me bitcoin. There you go. You know what the <laughs> you know what the real trick it is, is when you can buy something with bitcoins, when you can sell something for bitcoins, when you can turn those bitcoins into real money, when you can turn money into bitcoins. Once you've done these four things, and I have, um, then you realize well this really is just another currency, and it is um, you know in a lot of ways a really great one. So anyway, if you want to get uh, if you want to get bitcoins for yourself, you can buy them with cash by going to bitinstant.com. There you can uh, find out uh, you know one of the seven hundred thousand locations worldwide that you can go and uh, you know get some bitcoins, whether it's Seven uh, Elevens or WalMarts or Bank of America, major banks around the United States, uh, CVS, all kinds of locations. There's one very close to you. It's uh, we it's bitinstant.com. We've been sharing with you here tonight uh, the idea of secession, but specifically 10 movements that have really embraced the concept within the U.S. and are going for it, at least as best they possibly can. Uh, folks like the Second Vermont Republic, the Alaskan Independence Party, and the Republic of Lakota. And the story is out of io9.com. That's io, the number nine, dot com. And I have to say, I just discovered something that's a little confusing to me. There's a line here on this piece about the Republic of Lakota, which is a uh, a very large area, 77,000 square miles that encompasses uh, parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Montana, where a number of uh, Native American Indians are living, and they are essentially saying, look, we just don't have any interest in being a part of the federal government. In fact, uh, we don't really believe we ever really were, uh, so we're just going to go ahead and declare ourselves a... Uh, our own nation, essentially, and uh, it's it's great what they've uh, what they've done. But towards the end of this piece here, it says that in 2010, the group plans to reiterate its position to the U.S. government, demanding that the U.S. withdraw from its quite sizable territory. And I thought this was a a fresh piece because right at the top, this piece is stamped July 3rd, 2012. So I wonder if that means it's been updated. Maybe this has been around for a little while and it was updated this past week. Interesting. It appears to I me, mean, like normally if you look at a website and there's a date stamped on it, sometimes it's today's date, right? Right. Like, But it's not one of those things. But it wouldn't be July's date. What's that? Right, exactly. <laughs> so it's it was clearly, it seems to, that this version of the article was published on uh, July 3rd, but just want to let you know that some of this information may be uh, a couple years old. But that's, you know, all of these folks that we're, still, that we're talking about here exist today. Republic of Lakota is a movement that exists today. You can go to their website, republicoflakota.com. There is an updated news item there as of April of this year. So there's still some active, or there's still some active posts happening there. I'm just curious, is to how much either of you or maybe the listeners at home, how much do you hear about the secessionist movements, whatever information, uh, like that that 2010 thing you just read? Mm-hmm. Was there a news story you heard about that or – is it just sort of squelched? I think these. Uh, I think they're like mushrooms. You've got to look for them. Um, yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, I don't think the average person hears much about these things, and if they do, they don't think much about them. Uh, you know, I mean, it just. It, it, I just don't imagine it, it. It pops into their 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 minds. Every now and then, I'll see Russell Means pop up, and but yeah. that's because I'm in the Liberty scene, and uh, I'm likely seeing something. That I've seen him on TV, on just regular TV, and I, you know, I pay attention, obviously, but. But I mean, specifically in relation to the Lakota Republic of Lakota, he's so uh, he's such a good pitchman um, for them because he looks so like classically Indian. Yeah, for sure. And so when he comes on and he says, uh, you know, <laughs> you stinking uh, white man, we're out of here. I mean, it just it looks good. He's, yeah, he's believable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier about. 
that uh, that secessionist party in Vermont that got mm-hmm. so few votes. They need a character like Russell Means to lead that sort of movement. Unfortunately, Russell is getting up in his years. I believe he's come down with cancer, mm. and there's a, a fundraising mm-hmm. request over at republicoflakota.com. But he, he does have a YouTube video here, or excuse me, a YouTube channel, Russell Means Freedom is the name of his channel and it appears as though i believe there's still some updated videos being posted yeah at least as of a few months ago uh videos were being posted to that channel in fact as of a one month ago so yeah he's definitely still an active uh video blogger and there's still something going on up there uh, once again republic of back to io9.com's uh, description of the republic it points out here that they went in Washington, D.C., went in 2007 to withdraw from the constitutionally mandated treaties to become a free and independent country. In response, the Bureau for Indian Affairs noted that the Lakota Freedom Delegation is not a representative elected body, although when Means ran for presidency of the Ogala Sioux Tribe in 2008, he received 1,918 votes to the victors over 2,200. So it was a close contest. He certainly has a lot of supporters. The Republic has requested recognition from foreign nations to no avail which I imagine is a pretty difficult process. Well, I mean, if they're not elected, then, you know, they don't they probably don't look, you know, I mean, that's that's what means stuff to people. I'm not going to say why that. can't you hold your own election? I mean, why is this? Well, because he doesn't state's represent. The, he represents nineteen hundred people that voted for him. Apparently. So apparently. why can't they have their own I, I nation? It, it's the same thing as earlier, that fancy piece of paper that you take to this other nation state. It's it's sort of like in order to be in the big boys club. You need to play by the big boys' rules sure. or whatever, and and it's, it's sort of very easy for a state to dismiss anything, even if someone acts like a state. It's like, oh well, yeah, they were just playing around. That's a kids' game they're doing there. This is the real state, right? Well, so here. there's the big yep. boys' club as we were discussing before, with the big boys in it, and then there's the little states, right? The smaller nations. Like, I wonder how many of these island nations are getting applications from smaller places that want to become nations and just want to be recognized. Like, please, uh, you know. Madagascar recognize us as a, as a nation. How many applications do they get for that sort of thing from folks like the Republic of Lakota or Conquer Republic and other folks? 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line more secession movements. Your calls as well. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. MindThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MindThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MindThings.com. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features waiting for you there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. We are discussing the 10 secessionist movements that at least io9 has put together as a fairly comprehensive list of people to who are looking to secede from the United States. However, they are not all current. I thought they might have been current, but uh, they are not all current. As uh, we mentioned, there's the Conch Republic, which, you know, they kind of still exist. There's a website that talks about the Conch Republic. It looks official. It appears as though it are pe- they are people calling themselves the Conch Republic. They still have passports. They're allegedly issuing, but it's kind of hard to get one, at least on the internet. At least it's hard to ask questions about getting one. 
And so the Conquer Republic, yeah, not really, it's not really there, but sort of. Uh, the Second Vermont Republic, definitely active. Alaskan Independence I, Party, definitely active. I think the the Conquer Republic's worth mentioning just because it's different than the rest of the secessionist movements. For sure, it's it's more of a comedy kind of secession right. uh, than a serious. And you'll uh, note that they they didn't mention, um, you know. Places that want to secede from states or cities or things like that. So they're not talking about Jefferson, which is a, um, a place in Northern California, Southern Oregon, that wants to secede and become the 51st state. They didn't mention uh, the Lido Key secession movement uh, that went on in Sarasota, Florida, where you and I are from in the early 90s um, that wanted to secede from the city of Sarasota. Or town, uh, well, I mean, they or something did, like that. Yeah, well, they, they did talk about uh, Winnicon, Wisconsin, that wanted to secede and form the sovereign state. But it's of not Winnicon. listed on their thing. I mean, it's not one it. of the ten. Yeah, they just kind of mentioned it as an aside. Uh, and now they're also, as we pointed out here, not all really active. In fact, some of them historical. Uh, this one is the Essex Junto. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Junto. J U N T O. Yeah. Okay. Decades before the Southern Confederacy considered separating from the Union, New England Federalists were contemplating a secession of their own. The Essex Junto, a group of politicians, lawyers, and tradesmen that originated in Essex County, Massachusetts, was a powerful force within the Federalist Party. Discontent with the growing power of the Jeffersonian Democrats and fearing the diminished influence of the North after Louisiana's purchase, uh, many of the group's members began to contemplate a northern secession from the southern states. Timothy Pickering, who had served as the third U.S. Secretary of State under George Washington and John Adams, was a driving figure of the secessionist movement, envisioning a northern republic comprised of New England, New York, New Jersey, and Canada. Members of the Essequinto even approached Alexander Hamilton about heading such a secessionist state, but he was horrified by the plan, feeling it antithetical to his own Federalist notions. Which would make sense because Hamilton was a big time centralization buff. So were these guys. And I mean, they're Federalists. This is the example of the people that want to secede and create a bigger state. Pickering ultimately <laughs> threw his political weight behind Aaron Burr in 1804, hoping that Shot Hamilton. <laughs> Burr was elected governor of New York. That state could lead a secession movement. Burr lost the election by 7,000 votes after Hamilton campaigned, uh, campaigned heavily against him. Hamilton reportedly agreed to attend a secessionist meeting to be held the following autumn, and uh, but the meeting was canceled after Burr killed Hamilton in their famous duel. He was dead. <laughs> so I guess that kind of ended the movement to some extent. But the Essex Junto would be associated with another secessionist movement during the War of 1812. In 1813, John Lowell Jr. published a pamphlet advocating secession of the original 13 states from the rest of the Union. So less of a secession and more of an ejection of the western states. The Federalist newspapers in New England supported the plan. When New England Federalists held the Hartford Convention in 1814 and 15, many around the country feared that they meant to put such a plan in motion. But by this time, most of the Essex Junto's remaining members opposed secession, and radical secessionists were excluded from the convention, and secession was not among the final proposals. Aaron Burr, however, would go on to lead a conspiracy to conquer Union and Mexican lands, a plot that would lead to his trial for treason and the end of his political career. Did you ever heard of them before, Mark? You like no. a historical guy. Yeah, I hadn't heard that at all. Such. Sorry. So Essex Junto, they uh, talked about doing, I like it. Yeah. It's interesting. Basically pulling out all of New England and Canada into a separate country. Several years ago. Long time ago. But there's also the Republic of Cascadia. After Lewis and Clark explored the American Northwest, Thomas Jefferson envisioned the formation of a Republic of the Pacific by American settlers. A republic that would be independent from, but economically linked with, his Eastern Union. 
Today, there are some in the Pacific Northwest who would see Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia, along with maybe Idaho, western Montana, and northern California, united as an independent Republic of Cascadia. Although it hasn't claimed any independence from the U.S. or Canada, the Cascadian Independence Project seeks a gradual transition self-regulation for, up to self-regulation for the Pacific Northwest, asserting that the region is better equipped to govern itself than distant, distant governments in distant uh, lands like Ottawa and Washington, D.C. Agreed. And these guys are active today. It is the uh, Cas- Their website is CascadiaNow.org. There, there are fresh posts that have been posted within the last month. There are a lot of advantages to sm- you know, smaller regional governments. And you know, I, I, I can see why people are attracted to the idea of sort of this, uh, uh, this union government. That's what the, the United States federal government was intended to be. It right. was intended to be, at least by my understanding, is, is that it was intended to be this weak federal government that basically handled uh, military defense but, and made sure that if there's any disputes between states. Yeah, any conflicts between states that that, that would be handled. And per, after, after the Civil War, protected certain rights or whatever. I'm not sure. But um, – that's you know this is what governments do governments grow and you know, that's that's what's going to happen every time you have this kind of loose federation that's what's going to happen with the UN to some extent i mean obviously it has grown in power over time and some people really want to see that happen. I haven't voted for anybody in the UN. Don't think it has any kind of uh, particular, uh, you know, power. I do like to see justice done. If the UN is on the side of justice, then I tend to support the justice being done. But you know, I don't think that uh, I don't think that the UN is uh, some kind of legitimate governing body. As a result, the Cascadian Independence Project's goal is to raise awareness. This is from their website of the idea of Cascadia to increase bioregional independence within our communities, socially, politically, economically, and environmentally, and to further democratic governing principles, civil liberties, digital privacy, human rights, and regional sustainability in a respectful and peaceful manner. So it's kind of got a bit of a lefty uh, tinge uh, to it, according but to that. You've got to take your freedom in the direction that uh, that the people are going to go with. Um, you got to make your you've got to make your secession movement, um, you know, something that's going to be organic. Because if it's not, it's not going anywhere. Well, and as you'd pointed out, uh, just because someone supports secession doesn't mean they support independence uh, for the individual. It doesn't mean that they support personal uh, liberty. It's interesting, though, if you think about it, and we just discussed it last night, but I think uh, it bears, bears repeating is, is if it's OK for a state to secede from a federal government or it's OK for a region to secede from a state um, – and it's okay for, say, a city to secede from a county and move to another county. I mean, all these things have happened. There's, there's nothing new about it. You know, the, uh, the July 4th Independence Day is really a, cel- a holiday celebrating the United States' secession from Great Britain. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are secession happens. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Happening more and more in the, um, in, in the 20th century. And I suspect that these, these trends will continue. Actually, it's happened in the 21st century, too. So nothing really unusual about this as, as far as it goes. So, uh, you know, is it okay for the individual to secede from whatever governing body is, uh, claims jurisdiction over him? I live in a town. In that town, they collect uh, property taxes. Those property taxes go to fund the education of other people's children. Uh, they're taking money from my kid to educate their kids. I find that to be tyrannical and wrong. So, 
should I be able to secede from that town and how hard should it be? As all I want is to not have to pay for your schools. Look, if you want some money for the roads yeah, that, that I don't them. drive on, because um, I don't live on the town roads, I live on a state road. If you want money for the roads I don't drive on, if you want money for the fire department that so far I haven't used, but I do volunteer at, if you want money for you know snow removal for on roads that I don't drive on if what whatever it is that you want money for we can talk about that but I don't want to pay for your school cuz I don't like your schools I wouldn't send my kids to your schools and I don't want to pay to send other people's kids to your school well I think I think the the only real striking the root basically the only real legitimate secession is individual secession because sure. all the other ones are just fictional secessions dealing with fi- fictional situa- situations yeah it's it's important for people to be able to declare their own personal independence it's of uh, I think paramount importance 855-450-free that's the toll free number here 1-855-450-3733 declare your own independence shiresociety.com is a good place to start that process Hey, college students, the Independent Institute in Oakland, California, is putting on the Challenge of Liberty seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's $195 for the class and $300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. It's free. Talk live. Dial in toll free. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's a SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733 can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there for you. Once again, freetalklive.com here tonight. It's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And don't forget, uh, JJ is doing some video production work, not only uh, for activism purposes, like with Free Keen TV and the Porkfest Chronicles, but also for commercial purposes. Uh, you just were showing off some work you did for Mark Warden. That's right. Uh, who is a uh, real estate agent up here in New Hampshire. And what's his new? Does he have a new URL? Yes, it's porcupinerealestate.com. Porcupinerealestate.com. He's still got a fancy jingle and everything, but you've put it to video. That's right. Uh, for the, I did it actually for the Chronicles so that we could put it a video ad in there. But oh, um, he can also use it elsewhere, of course. And the Porkfest Chronicles are something that you're doing that I don't know. I mean, I hope that you can make some money on it. But even if you if you even if you don't, hopefully it'll be good promotion for your video production company. Uh, you and had teamed up with Jason Osborne from Sakel CAI. Uh, he helped, I think, with an investment in some equipment, and you with the investment of the the blood and the sweat. Of, of actually operating and setting everything up. Sure. And you guys have uh, teamed up to create the Porkfest Chronicles, the very first time in the history of the Porcupine Freedom Festival that anyone has ever documented and released full coverage of every single event that happened under the pavilion, which the Shire Society Pavilion this year was the prime location for folks to go and to right. enjoy a meal and to also at the same time watch uh, maybe a panel discussion or a speech or some sort of a comedy event. Well, that's a that's a credit to Jason and Sharon for planning it that way, too. Once we yeah. had decided that we were going to do the filming part, the documentation, they basically helped to, to ensure that there'd be a lot of really good content scheduled for that pavilion. So, I mean, and a big, a big hats off to Osborne overall just because he's worked so hard for this pork fest during the event and uh, you know it's it's a lot of work doing this this volunteer work and uh, you know over the years pork fest has had its you know 
successes and its its downfalls in other areas. And I think this year was just stellar. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to to Osborne. Yeah, you know what uh, he and his wife uh, Sharon did was take a really fun event, which is what Porkfest is, and add structure to it. And the structure really only makes it more fun. But you know, the some of the real differences were, you know, now all these great speeches that were given at Porkfest. Instead of the, you know, the few dozen people that would be, you know, there that can tear themselves away from whatever, you know, cool conversations they're having around the campground and whatever fun or sleeping off whatever event they had or, you know, doing whatever, you know, whatever, whatever's going on. Um, they These these speeches can be heard by everybody. And, you know, they're available to the hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people on the Internet that want to view them. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, also, I've, had time. I've had many people that have said, well... Now that I realized that it was being filmed, I was able to go and do other things. And now I don't know if that's a bad thing for those presenters at Porkfest. Because they could have had a larger audience. They could have had a larger audience, sure. But at the same time, more people are going to see them. Yeah, ultimately, that's, to me, what matters. I don't care. I, I was doing one of the very first panel discussions. Actually, I think I was you on are the first in, one you released. Yes. And it was kind of uh, the learning uh, curve one where we've discovered that the lavalier mics did not work nearly as well as the handheld mics. And so there were some audio issues with it. Uh, but uh, for me, whoever can see it online, that's the real value. Uh, it's the total number of eyeballs that can get in, uh, get the message in front of them uh, and the ears that uh, that make the difference. A little behind the scenes thing um, that uh, you know the average person wouldn't know is I've been a you know MC you know presenter. Uh, inter- I introduced people at these uh, at the Porcupine. You're the guy Film who Festival. introduces the introducer sometimes, and sometimes. also sometimes introduces. The in panelists. fact, didn't he introduce your? First panel? Yes. The very first one, yeah. Uh, so I, I did some introductions. But previously, it, not that it mattered that that much to me, but previously I would have to do research um, through the pamphlet trying to figure out what it was about. You know, the, the, they'd have whatever whatever pamphlet was available, whatever mm-hmm. kind of paperwork was available to everybody is all I would have. I'd, you know, talk to the person, find out what they wanted me to say in the introduction, that kind of thing. I had basically a script ready. Um, you know, the, the, the Osbournes had a script ready for me in folders. Now, Obviously, I don't read off scripts, but it was nice to be able to hit on the high points. And that's the kind of thing that they really added to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. The organization By the way, had it together. Um, so we know that more people come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival than register. And last year— Are there numbers yet? Yes, uh, I'm going to tell you numbers. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, setting, I'm setting the groundwork, Ian. Okay, Do, great. I'm doing radio work. Okay, <laughs> so um, we know last year that we're, we're coming up with the number 1,000 from last year. There were 800 registered people at Porkfest last year. Mm-hmm. And I guess we've just always said 1,000 because it really feels like it was 1,000. And I think that it re- truly was. There, You know— People would people just come, and right. There's no no way you can be you know prevented from walking about Rogers Campground uh, with everyone else. I mean, there's no lockdown on security or anything like that. Nothing like that. So lots of people would come just for one single event or yeah. whatever. So um, in this year, it was a uh, thousand registrations. That's awesome. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. What is awesome. that? A twenty five percent increase, just about. Yeah, it's a twenty five percent increase. It's from great. One year and to the next. Um, they're you know what their belief is is that it it added. A great deal of more structure so you know that they're they are only expecting more growth the next time well right and especially with uh, jj cranking out these videos it seems like almost one a day uh, what is how often it's how yeah I, I started basically it's it's i'm trying to do one a day but i moved this past weekend and my tv show on monday takes up a lot of time so right. i am a, uh, like a day two days behind and uh but i am it's a lot of content i mean once a day it's a lot of content yeah so. it's it is a lot it's it's about three hours of video right i mean basically each of these discussions is a minimum of a what 45 minute period i mean maybe, yes 
if not more. Yes. Uh, so th- th- you can see these over at freekeen.com. The, they're called Porkfest Chronicles. So just scroll down, and there's several of them there. And then they're being posted to the Think Twice News channel on YouTube. Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's the uh, YouTube channel that's hosting it. But, of course, it's cross-posted to Facebook and, and of course, freekeen.com. And I'll continue to do that. I think the more places it's present, the more more people can see it. And it's also Creative Commons. So if you want to take that footage, cut it up, and do some promotional Yeah, make some highlight material. reels or whatever. Yeah, you're go right basically, ahead. You're doing the, the, uh, the work of, uh, the grunt work of basically switching between three cameras live as you essentially, you've got all the recordings from yes. three different cameras. And then when you're doing the editing, you're kind of playing the switcher role. So you, yes. you did the shooting. You're now doing the editing. Yeah. And so essentially you're just going straight to, to tape from the other tapes, if you will. I mean, I'm trying to explain how this yeah. works. You're switching cameras live, well, fortunately, and then you're wrapping that up and putting it up as a you know 45 minute block of programming. Exactly, and there's there's a few ads over the top of it, but it's once every 10 minutes, and it's only for 15 seconds. So mm-hmm. it's it's very minimal uh, intrusion, and it's the most full screen video that I can get. I, there's a large spaces of it where there's no no nothing, no icons, no no graphics whatsoever, just sheer video and, and just the experience of being exactly. there as as much as you can possibly experience being at the shire society pavilion obviously you don't have the smells of the cooking <laughs> uh that are that are wafting oh, across geez. your nose from mandrick and the crew back there uh with their you know hamburgers and bacon and all kinds of delicious stuff uh so it's not it's not gonna be the full experience but it's going to be a a representation and i think that uh, for those of you that have been wondering about pork fest you've heard us talk about it uh, on the air year after year. This gives you a good experience of what it was like to be at least in one location. And of course, there are all kinds of other people with video cameras there. I mean, there have always been videos produced at Porkfest, but none on this level, none on this consistent caliber of product quality right. and availability. Three cameras so. on stable tripods with good audio. Right. You can also see some other footage from Porkfest at freekeen.com. We have some clips from Ridley Report uh, where you know he's got video of the bears that were raiding the trash yeah, cans. That's and, funny. Uh, so there were some other perspectives that uh, you can get there, too. And it's a lot of fun. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in doing some work with JJ or having him on board for a video project, go to Starfall Media on YouTube. Search for that. Yes. And you can get in touch with them through there. And, of course, I you know, I know that you're going to work on a website one of these days. You've got your hands full of work. Oh, yeah. that, that at some point... I'll, I'll like have to the, outsource that, I think. Yeah, I'll look forward to Just giving that out. put something up where people can get your telephone number. There yeah. you go. So we've been talking about secessionist movements, and some of them are current and others not so much. Here's one of the ones that is a bit of a historical movement. It's the Great Republic of Rough and Ready. The story's from io9.com. That's io9.com. Accounts vary on why the California mining town of Rough and Ready seceded from and then rejoined the Union. But for three months, starting in April of 1850, it held itself out as an independent settlement. This, the accepted version of the story, seems to be that the miners, most of whom come from Wisconsin again, a bunch of secessionists up there apparently, uh, they'd come from Wisconsin to try their luck digging for gold, were displeased with the Union taxes on their spoils, especially given that the Union wasn't doing much to uphold law and order in the town, and seceded in protest. Somewhere around Independence Day, the tiny nation dissolved. Some say that the residents were disappointed that they wouldn't be able to participate in the July 4th festivities. But others <laughs> claim that the real reason is that Nevada City refused to sell liquor to foreigners. Whatever the reason, Rough and Ready has two celebrations of regional pride each summer, Independence Day on July 4th and Secession Day on the last Sunday in June. So it sounds as though there's still a little bit of the uh, the old spirit still left there. In rough a little and rough and ready and rough and ready. 855-450-FREE. Coming up, 
the secession movement, or what was once called the secession movement of Christian Exodus. Now, this group is interesting. They basically ripped off all the text from the Free State Project website and made their own kind of copycat movement for Christian zealot fundamentalists. Wow. We'll explain more in moments. 855-450-FREE. Hour number three is next. You take control. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love, but make sure you give three bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want, toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features you'll find there. They're completely free. You can actually control the content of the site, too. Just find something online that you think is interesting, you'd like to share with our listeners and the hosts of the show. You can submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. So maybe it's an article like the one we're sharing with you tonight and getting into actually a lot of uh, detail and discussion on this uh, 10 movements to secede from the United States. Maybe it's something that you see online and you just think, oh gosh, it sure would be cool if they talk about that on the air or I'd like the other listeners to see this. You just go and submit it as show prep and it doesn't have to be an article. It can be a YouTube video. It can be a blog post. It can be whatever you want, whatever URL you have that you want to share. And then it'll be voted upon, and the most voted up can make it to the front of the and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. We have been discussing the 10 movements to secede from the U.S., and this is a piece that appears over at io9.com. That's io and the number 9.com. Uh, They've gone through a number of uh, current and historical secession movements. I thought uh, when I first got into this, because just glancing down the list, I saw a number of names of things that I recognize, like the Second Vermont Republic. They are active. The Alaskan Independence Party, as well as the Republic of of Lakota. So I thought this was going to be all uh, current. But no, actually, probably it's about half historical and about half current, or somewhere in between, like some that might have started many years ago and then pretty much petered out into next to nothing, but still kind of exist in the form of a website to others that are definitely historical and uh, certainly haven't been around for for decades, if not over 100 years. Uh, So it's even more, I think, important that people that are interested in secession get the idea out there in whatever way possible. So not just on person-to-person conversations, but for form, a, you know, form a secessionist party in uh, in your state or whatever if, if, if you've got a group of folks that is of like mind. But better than that, if you love liberty, make the move to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project, and get together with other people that support similar ideas, and then let's see what kind of interesting things we can create. I know that there's discussion right now uh, within the Shire community here in New Hampshire about creating some sort of a political party that can essentially advocate for the idea of secession. So I think it's really important to get the message out in whatever way possible. So we're sharing with you these uh, items uh, from the 10 movements to secede from the U.S. And the next one is 
kind of still in existence. It's certainly more recent than a lot of the uh, the more historical ones here. This is the Christian Exodus Project, founded in 2003. The Christian Exodus Movement, and they do still have a website, it is christianexodus.org, called for a mass migration of Christians to South Carolina (laughs) with the intention of creating a self-governing Christian sovereignty within the state. And what they wanted to do was actually secede South Carolina from the Union and essentially create, you know, their own theocracy. Basically, they could uh, get as, as many Christians together as possible so, so they could tell you how to live your Similar life. to what, like Israel, basically? Like, instead of the Jewish state, it's the Christian state or sort of like That's the Vatican like. in America, basically? Yeah. <clears throat> that was strange. my understanding of it. Now, the, the, the this Christian exodus uh, basically took the Free State Project's website at the time. Word for word. C- copied it in some way mm-hmm. and then put it up as theirs and changed, uh, you know, ch- changed the stuff to say Christian exodus. Yeah, they did a find and replace. Uh, or, you know, remove, uh, find Free State Project, replace with Christian exodus. Right, that's, that's <laughs> basically <laughs> what they did. And, you know, the fact that it's on this list just seems laughable to me. I'm sorry. I, you know, I don't know how many people are involved in the Christian exodus, but I can't imagine that it's more than a dozen. Um, well, there's an update on Christian exodus here that IO9 uh, gives because they talk about how it was originally founded in 2003. Uh, the original plan was for members of the movement to flood the offices of local government, passing and enforcing biblically rooted laws in defiance of Supreme Court rulings. Corey Burnell, uh, Burnell the group's founder, told the L.A. Times in 2005, quote, if necessary, we will secede from the union, unquote. Burnell believed at the time that South Carolina would be an optimal state. Then they're not a secessionist movement. He says, if necessary, then they're as secessionist as the Free State Project, who is infinitely more successful well, the than free them. State, the Free State Project is more successful, but it is not a, openly a... Neither a, a are they. Movement. He said if necessary. I know that uh, Jason Sorens, the founder of the Free State Project, has written papers on secession. He's written a book that you can get called Secessionism, um, and, yeah. and you just look up Jason Sorens' uh, secessionism, and I'm sure you'll find it. That's why I say it's, it's upsetting to me that New Hampshire and the Free State Project are not on this list of the 10 movements to secede from the U.S., but all that said, there it is. It's at uh, you can get it at Amazon. Just go to shop.freetalklive.com and it's uh, it's available for you. It says it's a ooh, it's seventy six dollars. It is it's a, an academic. It's an academic book, book and um, you know I've I've read uh, read a good portion of it. I haven't read it all the way through. If necessary, he says, we will secede from the union. Burnell believed at the time that South Carolina would be an optimal state from which to launch a secession from the U.S. Since then, however, the group has stepped back from its mission for political secession in the face of potential government opposition, stating on its website, quote, We have learned, however, that the chains of our slavery and dependence upon godless government have more of a hold on us than can be broken by simply moving to another state, unquote. Instead, the Christian exodus movement now places its emphasis on personal secession from the American culture, much like other groups that opt out of the mainstream culture, quote, with the ultimate goal of forming an independent Christian nation that will survive after the decline and fall of the financially and morally bankrupt American empire. So what do you think they found from South Carolina and the advocation to secede there? I think they found that uh, no one was moving to their Christian exodus project. I see. Which was it North Carolina that passed this uh, anti-gay legislation? Recently? That was North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. 
It was banning like all all gay marriages, right, or something like that. Something like that. I think that the Free State Project has as much of a claim on a secessionist movement as the uh, as the uh, Christian Exodus program. Well, is. both of the founders are advocates of secession, so there there is that. Uh, and remember, this is though, just one author that wrote one piece. It's not right. like it means anything. Officially, though, on the Free State Project site, it does not endorse Absolutely. that. As Absolutely, I understand, and I don't I don't endorse secession outright either. I think that what you need is is you need a path way to independence and whatever that in i frankly don't think that anybody any state's going to be able to secede because the united states government is going to spend itself into insolvency and uh collapse before you have anything like that and then the states will be will be free them without any choice but um, that's you know that's what i see in the future not that i not that i know anything more than anybody else but um, I think that you need to nullify bad laws. I think that at the state level that they need to nullify bad laws. And if they do enough of that, then at some point some people may come to the conclusion that secession's the best choice. I think it, it also depends on the federal government, too. I think uh, a lot of people feel that the federal government is overbearing and, and out of control. Sure. And they feel that they have more more control at the state level and with their, of course, with their local uh, representatives. And I think if if more people can just make that connection between the two, that the idea of secession won't be so scary or intimidating or mystical. It'll be a, a lot more of an easy understanding that, well, I just want what's best for me and, and mine. And so that would mean less federal government in my life to the point of no federal government, I think. And uh, hopefully more people find that path sooner and travel it faster. Absolutely. And I think that uh, the first place to secede will definitely set the pace for everybody else who's been maybe apprehensive about secession but that has been frightened of what the federal government the closest do. thing we've seen up to this point is lakota nation where they had a vote and russell means and his posse lost by a small margin it was like 48 well, that was uh, 52 for the chief of uh, some tribe right whatever. but if he was the chief of the tribe and then he handed the secession papers to the um the, the federal they still government. would have ignored it they they would have but then he would have been a lot more legitimate Right. I don't understand why him being elected uh, to that tribe is more legitimate than him just being the leader of the uh, the movement of the Republic of Lakota. I mean, it's all just titles. I understand. It's all just titles bestowed on men by other men. I got gotcha. you. I, I, I get it. But the, the thing you're reading here about the Second Vermont Republic, you're talking about dozens of people. The, um, when you're talking about the Alaskan uh, secession movement where they have 15,000 registered uh, voters out of a uh, population of 700,000. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. I think what gives me heart, I guess, is that you've seen a lot of states pass legislation decrying some of the federal legislation. So basically... Mm-hmm. Uh, states that don't want to be a part of Obamacare. Sure. States that have their Same own here. Yeah. Uh, immigration policy. Yep. And, of course, North Carolina with their anti-gay legislation. And I think that as, as more and more states you know, sort of set themselves apart and, and take a stand, we're going to see more of this same. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts on the Christian exodus movement backing away from uh, moving all to one state. It's Free Talk Live. 
Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi antenna at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners there, uh, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo and or video showing that they're listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Once again, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. To get yourself 18,000 radio stations around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes, well, all you have to do is visit ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com and check out the Ccrane CC Wi-Fi internet radio. This thing will work anywhere. It can get a Wi-Fi signal, so pretty much anywhere in your house, and you'll be able to listen to whatever your favorite internet streams are. Maybe it's a radio station you used to love back where you came from, or maybe it's LRN.FM or Free Talk Live's live streams. They're all available there. 18,000 of them. So go to ccrane.com to learn more about the product and the company as well. Ccrane, well known for its uh, quality products. Absolutely. Yeah, that's ccrane.com. And also mention Free Talk Live when you check out and get yourself free flashlight. Now, that's an LED flashlight, is that right? Yeah, it's uh, you know not going to use very much battery, so it's uh, going to be ready when you need it. Also, of course, uh, mention Free Talk Live whenever you buy anything over there at uh, ccrane.com, whether it's the, uh, the, the CC Wi-Fi um, radio. But, you know, the, what you said about ccrane C- company really being, uh, you know, the hallmark of, uh, uh, you know, best-made products and electronics is, is really true. Anything that they make is some of the best-made stuff you're going to be able to buy. So 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number here tonight. Your thoughts are certainly welcome on the topic of secession and the 10 movements that we're looking at here in greater or lesser detail, depending on uh, whether or not they're still current. We're kind of just, I think, brushing over the more historic ones and looking deeper into the ones that are active of uh, different movements of folks that are interested in leaving the United States. They have no interest, or in some cases, like the Lakota Nation, they don't believe they were ever part of the United States uh, in the first place. It's interesting to look uh, and to see what's out there because uh, there's a pretty healthy group of uh, secession movements in the U.S. And there are some that I think are even left out of this discussion, like, for instance, the folks in Hawaii. Uh, There's nothing in here about them, but there's, as I understand it, a movement to return Hawaii to a kingdom. Yes. They aren't mentioned? Not that I am aware of in this uh, this piece. I have not seen them. So it is certainly not a, a an exhaustive piece, uh, nor a comprehensive, but it is interesting because it highlights some things we've talked about in the past, like the Christian Exodus group, 
which is essentially a group that uh, lifted the text from the Free State Project site. And I don't care. I don't believe in intellectual property. Go ahead. You know, copy all the text. Obviously, it made it easy for them to launch their own website. They did a find and replace, put Christian Exodus in, and changed some changed it to be a more pro-secessionist uh, kind of a site. But otherwise, a lot of the uh, the text was originally the same. And to give credit to the Christian Exodus guys, they are still maintaining their website. Mm. A lot of uh, these sites kind of come and go, or like the Conquer Public, just sort of sit inanimate without any real updates the christian exodus guys are posting fresh items as of the last week they're like some really great stuff about family values and how women should submit to men that's not really great i think you're being sarcastic there uh these guys are scary i mean the christian exodus dudes are definitely people i wouldn't want to associate with they're uh, you know they certainly are pro-secession so i'm with them that far but as far i wonder as how many of these people that talk about women submitting uh, submitting to men have are a wife or a i just i just it really it really makes me wonder really i it, it depends on if you really want that kind of relationship i mean that's it's kind of strange to have a, a relationship where you go into it knowing that you're not equals, that one of them is submitting to the other, and it's just some unequal terrain. It's strange to us, but on the other hand, there are people who are looking for that. I imagine there are men who look for it in the fact that they hire dominatrixes uh, sure. to sub- uh, to make them submit. And certainly there are likely women. I mean, if, if there's a strong oh, desire yeah. for submission in, in some males, are. there's probably a strong desire for submission in some women. Like, we don't understand it because that's just not the personality but types we For are. some people, it's uh, it's sexual. Some people, it want, they want it for the rest of their lives, you know? For some people, they want to feel uh, like, you know, protected or whatever and maybe they feel like they have to submit to somebody's dominance in order to feel that way i don't get I'm, it. I'm speculating because again i don't feel that i don't experience those desires and maybe you can tell us maybe you're somebody that likes to be submissive all the time because uh, i think in some relationships people do it like in the bedroom or whatever and maybe kind of change roles and they have different you know directions they go there but to have it be you know that you're submissive 100% of the time and yeah, I guess it's, it's weird different strokes for different folks yeah indeed uh you know if it's consensual okay none right. of my business precisely uh, so like i said you know i'm with this christian exodus guys as far as the secession thing but beyond that i'm not interested whatsoever in assisting them in you know their Christian theology or the theocracy or whatever it is that they want to uh, promote. And actually, it looks like it's not really going very well for them. Uh, the last time they did a newsletter, at least, even though their blog site's been updated within the last week, uh, their newsletter has not been updated in approximately two years, a uh, year and a half. And Why would you need a newsletter if you got a blog that people are going to? Good point. Well, they still have them on the front page of their site, so it makes it look kind of dated yeah. uh, when they when they do that. And uh, and they've changed the perspective of the Christian Exodus Project from uh, move and join us in South Carolina to just go ahead and declare your personal secession and be more Christian or something like that. <laughs> uh, has been basically what they've been reduced to. More from the 10 movements to secede from the United States. Again, some of these current some not so much this one northwest angle this is a new one for me i never heard of this before minnesota's northwest angle population 119 it's a bit unusual in that some of its residents once threatened secession largely due to its geography thanks to a mistake made during negotiations of the 1783 treaty of paris the area is the only region outside of alaska to sit north of the 49th parallel where it borders both manitoba and ontario do you know about this place, JJ? I mean, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, they're all the same to us down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, no. I mean, I've not heard of any of these things from that area. I guess I just don't pay attention. 
In order to reach the rest of Minnesota by car, Northwest anglers have to pass through Canada. I've heard of this. In 1998, Canada had imposed burdensome rules on border crossings, and Ontario forbade U.S. fishermen from keeping any game fish caught in Ontario waters unless they were staying at a Canadian lodge. Frustrated by the lack of support from the United States federal government, the Northwest Angle threatened to secede from the U.S. and join Manitoba. They're not even... Oh, my God. They're separated by water. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's essentially another Alaska, but a much closer sort of Alaska and much smaller <laughs> with a population of I would just stop paying anybody there. So they, they, They've got nothing. No claim. No claim. Wait, who has no claim? The United States government has no claim on these people. You tell them, Mark. I mean, good Lord. They're separated by water. Yeah. <laughs> there is no United States touching them. U.S. Representative Colin Peterson introduced a bill to amend the U.S. Constitution to allow the secession to go forward. Under U.S. law, they claim it's illegal to secede from the U.S. The stunt worked, and the Northwest Angle received more favorable fishing rights. And today, they simply report their border crossings by video phone at an unmanned booth. Interesting. Wow. Never heard of that thing before. The Northwest Angle. I didn't even know it existed. 119 people there. And uh, they wanted nothing to do with the federal government. Now, I wonder if there's still a movement to secede the Northwest Angle. But going back to the Northwest Angle, you'd have to uh, you know, do more than a video phone, wouldn't you? I mean, there's, there's, there's got to be roads. I mean, you're I don't the- know, Mark. 855-450-FREE. And being that there's 119 uh, population there, odds are good not any of them are listening right now. More coming <laughs> up. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> It's not easy for an unknown person to get noticed in this busy world. Hello, I'm Brad Ryder. I'm a songwriter, and I have a couple of albums, one with a country sound and one that's Christian-inspired. I'd like to invite you to visit my Facebook page, facebook.com slash downbearmusic. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. My name's Brad Ryder, and my music is at facebook.com slash downbearmusic. And thanks for noticing. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on the site. They're all completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here with you this evening, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. Oh, and by the way, you can head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the stuff like the bulletin board system. Get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. So it's free, like all the rest of the features on the site. Enjoy. We've been discussing secession and the uh, 10 movements as identified by io9.com. That's io, the number nine. Dot com, 10 movements uh, to secede from the United States, and many of them have been current secession movements. Some of them have been within the last decade or two and have sort of petered out since they first started, like the Christian Exodus Project, uh, the Northwest Angle, which apparently is the northernmost portion of uh, Minnesota that is actually disconnected from Minnesota by Manitoba. 
by Canada. It's crazy. And there's water. You, so you can cross water to get from one to the next. But if you go by land, you've got to go through some of Canada to get to the rest of uh, Minnesota. Those folks tried to secede back in the late 1990s after Canada had imposed some burdensome rules on border crossings. Uh, they were unsuccessful at their secession uh, attempt. But they are well, actually they were successful in that uh, they had some Congress critter, uh, you know, uh, basically threaten give them legal right to uh, secede. But then they got whatever concessions they wanted and they from decided not Canada, to. Canada, right? It says here that they uh, the stunt worked and their northwest angle received more favorable fishing rights from the Canadian government. And today they simply report their border crossings by video phone at an unmanned booth. So there's a little bit of information about the Northwest Angle and and how much they're still doing. I it's it's not clear to me, uh, but if you know more, you're certainly welcome to let us know at eight five five four fifty free. Given that the population of the Northwest Angle, actually according to Wikipedia, is currently one hundred and fifty two, or excuse me, that was a decade ago. So we don't know what the 2010 census uh, population numbers were, but as of a decade ago, one hundred and fifty people. I don't know if any of those are uh, capable webmasters who have created any sort of a web presence. It says, uh, as of yeah, 2000, it was uh, 152. There were 118 living on the mainland and 34 persons on the islands of the Lake of the Woods. All the uh, uh, populated islands are north of the 49th parallel. Sounds like that might be a good place to go to try to get away from it all. Yeah. <laughs> it just certainly does. <laughs> So uh, 855-450-FREE, you're welcome to share your thoughts here. And, of course, there's one more on this list of the 10 movements to secede. And since, they, again, this is in some ways a list that hosts historic movements who could leave out the big one, Confederate States of America, the movement that immediately comes to mind when most people think of American secession. The secession of the 11 states of the Confederacy from the United States of America triggered the start of the Civil War. Events that occurred during that war also led to Texas versus White case in which the Supreme Court officially held that a state cannot unilaterally secede from the United States. But the Confederacy wasn't the only potential secessionist movement at the time. Several sources report that Southern Confederates tried to drum up an insurrection in some of the northern states in the hopes that a Northwestern Confederacy made up of Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and Iowa would also join in the secession uh, movement. And the Confederacy was not immune to secession attempts itself. In some regions, such as Alabama's so-called Republic of Winston, opposition to the Confederacy was so profound that legends cropped up that the regions themselves seceded into their own tiny nations. More poignantly, 26 counties in eastern Tennessee petitioned the Tennessee state legislature to approve their bid for secession. Nashville rejected their petition, and Confederate troops were sent to the area to prevent a secession. So the Confederates were trying to prevent secession from within the Confederacy. Yeah. <laughs> what irony. You know, Eastern Tennessee, with the, the volunteers, as they were known. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to be a secessionist movement, you should probably be uh, principled enough to support the ideas within your own secessionist That's movement. What, that wasn't what this was about at all. You know? This was about creating another nation as far as they are. They, yeah. they're not, they weren't looking at this from a principled standpoint. Clearly. And, yeah. No. But I'm just saying, if you're going to be a secessionist, I would hope that you would uh, today 
support secession on down the line. I support anybody's right to secession. I wonder what personal secession looks like, though. If I decide to secede my property from uh, you know, the, the town I live in or the county in which we live or the state or the, the country or whatever, and I think I should be able to do that, you know, do I have to stay on the property then? Am I not allowed to get out and drive on the road? You, I think you would Canada be a diplomat. Uh, you would, at that point, be a diplomat to the United States. I'm sure that they'd give me all the... kinds of uh, really great uh, benefits after I had uh, taken the, the, t- the taxes from them that they felt were theirs. After you've taken, they oh, might, like, they might post an armed guard to my driveway. And in say that you you're can't no leave. longer paying paying the federal income tax, if that's something you were to do. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's a good question. What would personal secession look like? I think it can look like different things. I mean, I think that you can secede mentally. You can you know, secede your your mind from the idea of the state. You can reject the idea of the state. You can embrace the idea of personal sovereignty and uh, and living as free as possible. And then the only question at that point is how much do you apply? Well, so, I think to answer your question, maybe in a funny way or maybe not or in a sad way, is that I think personal secession would look like a person in a jail cell because in order to fully secede from the federal government and the state government as an individual – that would entail some risk-taking on the part of driving your vehicle or owning a, a property or in, interacting with any of the bureaucrats that think that they're special and have extra rights. So I think most people who would personally secede, if they aren't in the forest somewhere living some off-the-grid existence, they'll probably end up in a jail cell eventually. There's some conflict that's going to come their way, for sure. Uh, and and that really, that's the ultimate question is you at some point what are you willing to put up i mean are you willing to do something to actually make your personal secession public because essentially the more public you become like you're saying you know get rid of your license plate take your own you know personal license plate and put it on there and you know repudiate whatever taxes that you have previously been filing and you know whatever other steps you would go through to declare yourself a publicly seceded uh, individual, the more that you do on that aspect, the more likely the trouble is going to come your way because these people don't respect your secession. They don't respect your individual uh, sovereignty. They don't respect your right to be your own person and make your own choices for yourself. They believe they own you and they're going to attempt to prove that they own you by doing what you're suggesting, JJ, and putting people in jail cells. But if enough people come together who have this mindset and who are willing to do something and who are willing to take a risk, they don't have enough jail cells to lock them all up. It will be curtains for the idea of the current state as we know it. But that requires courage and uh, requires numbers. And I'm hoping that someday we'll be there. I don't think we're there yet. But uh, at some point, hopefully, we'll have enough people who love liberty move to New Hampshire and join uh, as the Free State Project. And we can all hopefully free ourselves from this oppressive control of the federal government. Bill is on the line listening in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, actually, right now, my something's screwed with our internet connection here, so I'm going to have to ask for the uh, board operator. Normally, we have this neat little remote control uh, internet system. That allows us to control the phone lines uh, from our studio. We can pick them up and drop them yeah, as we wish. Right. We can pick up the calls that are actually being screened in Minnesota uh, right now. And so I noticed that there was somebody on hold. If we do have Bill with us, I'd like uh, our local operator in Minnesota to bring him on the line because we have no way of controlling our phone system at the moment. Do we have Bill there? 
Chris, it also means the operator may not be paying attention to a word we say. Sure. I mean, you know, normally we're taking care of that job, so why would they pay attention? Bill, stand by. We will uh, attempt to remedy the uh, internet disconnection situation here. Series of tubes. Yeah, in moments. Normally, you know, 99% of the time it works, uh, works pretty effectively. So your thoughts are certainly uh, welcome. Secession, I think that we've literally exhausted the yeah. entire show on, uh, on this one topic. We do have other things to talk about, including uh, some cop blockers that have been targeted by a police department. JJ, you'll be able to share that story with us, especially if the phone system continues uh, to be broken. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and there's still enough time for you and your thoughts if we can get you on the lines here, and I think that we'll be able to in the remaining moments, which are next at 855-453. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. remain maybe enough time for your call if you are on hold right now and out of nowhere the lines are loaded with calls so if you don't get in tonight don't worry we do this thing seven nights a week you can always call right in at the beginning of the next show and bring up whatever's on your mind because you can take control of the airwaves here tonight it's ian jj and mark uh so we've been talking about secession and secessionist movements all night long that doesn't have to be the topic of your call but certainly there are people that want to talk about it so let's go to the phones and i believe we have control back uh, thanks to backup internet connections or no we don't no, I don't have control at all. I can see every single one of those callers on hold there, and our board operator will take care of it. So uh, please give me Bill in Jackson, Mississippi, listening to WPBQ. Hey, Bill. Hi. Uh, am I coming through? Yes, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. Great. Uh, one little point that uh, you, you were mentioning several counties or maybe parts of states that uh, tried to secede from the Confederacy. Well, there was one county in Mississippi that never was included in the Confederacy from the, the very start. Really? And it's, it's Jones County, mm-hmm. and it was known as the Free State of Jones. That's right. And it was very interesting. And there have been several books that came out of the era, and one principal figure, Newt Knight, was the, the principal uh, standout leader of, of that uh, movement. And uh, it's, a, it's a, a very interesting, you know, uh, development that, that came through and both before the Civil War and afterward, and descendants of Newt Knight are still there in Jones County, Mississippi. Unfortunately. So, so how is it that, um, you know, a county gets to make the decision not to secede? I mean, the state is, I guess, the sovereign body in that circumstance, and you know, if, uh, if I don't know how many counties there are in Mississippi, but let's say there's 50 of them and 49 of them want to secede, don't they just take the 50th one with them? Well, that's an interesting thing, too. That was uh, discussed uh, back and forth, and uh, there weren't any slaves in uh, the Jones County. Really? It was a very sparsely populated county to start with, and uh, they just more or less uh, framed the thing uh, within the county government, and uh, there were several attempts, I think, to enforce it, but it it just didn't go anywhere because the effort was not... They just really had nothing to gain by forcing them to to uh, secede. 
Unfortunately, gotcha. Jones County is no longer anything resembling a free state. That's where our friends uh, Pete Adamo and Jason Talley were arrested uh, while they were driving through Jones County. Uh, Pete was charged with possession of uh, alcohol because apparently Jones County is a dry county. And uh, they had a, a, had a beer, a beer in, in the, the fridge of the RV that was sealed. Uh, and they was charged with that. They tore apart their RV, absolutely just uh, you know just destroyed right. the inside of it as they were searching they it. Mace, uh, didn't they I, I, I can imagine. I mean, you really don't have to say too much more. And it, it, interestingly enough, back in the 50s and 60s, Jones County was a very uh, notorious hotbed of uh, Ku Klux Klan activity. Oh, boy. One of the grand, grand dragons or whatever he was called yeah. that came from Jones County. Interesting, Bill. Thanks for sharing that story tonight. It's uh, definitely worth mentioning in the, the discussion about secession. I love the local it. history stories like that. There's a piece of uh, New Hampshire called uh, the I think it's the the Republic of Indian uh, Indian Stream, I believe that uh, for some reason or another, due to some treaty, was left off and for you know some period of time of a decade, more than a decade or so, um, out of the United States. So it was his own little republic. Let's go to Troy. Listen in Saskatchewan, and I apparently do have control of my calls again, which is great. Troy, you're back. Uh, or you're on, rather, Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. Gentlemen, um, the Republic of Cascadia has something that the Free State Project and New Hampshire do not have. And What's that? That? Is a, that is a much better mascot. When I tell you the mascot, Mark, you're going to want to you're going to want to move. It it's can't be better than the porcupine. <laughs> the porcupine, which is the Free State Project's mascot, is such an awesome little thing. You know, it uh, wanders around, it acts free, and then if you mess with it, you get a face full of quills. Go ahead. But is it? The legendary beast you've been looking for. Oh, my goodness. It's the Sasquatch. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all I have to say. Just Google Google, uh, Sasquatch militia. Well, now, hold on a second. I mean, you're... Of Cascadia, and that's all I have to say. Wait, that's I'm awesome. looking right now at the Cascadian Independence Project website, CascadiaNow.org, rather, and I don't see yeah. a Sasquatch anywhere on no. this. No, uh, okay, I can get you the, the site. I just, I Googled it because I remembered something to do with it. It was a spoof page. It says Republic of Cascadia, and it's just Google Sasquatch and... Um, Cascadia, and you'll get it. Very good. Thanks for the call, Troy. I appreciate hearing from you. I do love me a Yeti. There's no doubt. 855-450-FREE. Yeah, so I guess there's a parody site or something like that, but the actual CascadiaNow.org, it appears their uh, mascot is a pine tree. (laughs) <laughs> or some sort of a tree not not, not as much fun some, why do people love conifers so much i mean god right and to me that they're just the worst tree you so can't acidic. burn them you can't i mean i guess they build out of them but wouldn't you rather build out of a hardwood than a, a pine tree yeah they grow fast i'll give you that they actually put the tree on their flag the cascadian independence project has a flag and it has this tree on the flag I, i'm not certain what sort of tree it is it looks like it could be a, fl- a pine tree yeah. Anyway, New five. Hampshire's covered in these white pines, which are you'll remember them from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It was that crappy little tree that was sitting off to the side that nobody wanted. It's a you know scraggly little pine tree. They're they're, they're not attractive at all. All right, so uh, we go to your calls here, Andrew, listening in Pennsylvania to XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh well, I don't think succeeding is going to be the would be the best thing. More or less than getting uh, these lawyers and doctors and all that out of Congress. 
Well, there probably aren't that many doctors, but there's certainly a great deal of lawyers. And I, I would agree with you that uh, in this nation, sadly, we have the rule of lawyers. And it's no longer the rule of people. It's by the lawyers for the lobbyists. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's everything's changed. I mean, you're saying you're saying you want to get rid of lawyers from Congress. I mean, that's uh, that may even be more pie in the sky than secession. Well, yes, but no, but the way I, the way I see it is, is if with session, it kind of makes everything look a little, you know, it's stronger, but it's weaker at the same time, you know? No, the, I don't know. How is it weaker? Well, it, to me, it just seems like for the nation as a whole, it's going to make everything weaker, you know? No, what do you mean? Yeah. When you say everything will be weaker, what does that mean? Well, you know, people are going to start breaking up. Fighting's going to probably start ensuing, you know, uh, people are going to start getting angry. Well, they don't fight Other in Europe. Fight. Let's let's be clear. I don't know how much what kind of fighting you're talking about, but somehow or another, the European Union, they managed to, uh, you know, travel. But now you can move back and forth without uh, immigration papers. You know, for whatever reason, Liechtenstein hasn't uh, risen up against Andorra, um, you know, but somehow or another, they're ma- managing to do it. But what, what, more what I mean is like with the government that we have now, you know, uh, state starts seceding, they're going to start, you know, I mean, look at some of the stuff that they're doing now with ugly. the police state, you know. Yep. Oh, so it's the, you're, what you're saying is if a state secedes, the problem will come from the folks calling themselves the federal government. That's a reasonable concern, I think. It, yeah, I think it also yeah. depends on the culture, too, though. I think if if it's a state with a culture of secession, the federal government isn't going to be able to point enough guns at them unless they kill them all. It's just going to be that's what their culture is. If the culture is we don't want to be a part of your federal government, then that's what's going to happen. You know, for the for all the the, the fear mongering out there that the anti secession people would put forward, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing, Andrew, but I think there's I think there's some legitimate uh, legitimacy to the concern. But ultimately, I reject the concerns and embrace secession fully because I don't want to live af- afraid. I don't want to live under this uh, this tyranny that you're describing. And the only way to get out from under it is, in my opinion, not to beg for it but to stand up for what you believe in. And that does mean that there's a chance that, there, you know, somebody's going to roll in a tank or that some, you know, somebody's house is going to be, uh, you know, destroyed by some kind of attack or the people are going to be uh, taken away and put, you know, bags put over their heads and them disappeared. I mean, these are all possibilities. <laughs> Let's sign up for that. Where these do I are, sign up for this? Mark, they're possibilities, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not how potential they are, how likely they are. I don't know. I, anything we say is pure speculation. But it's, they're all possible. They could. Could all possibly happen. It's these fears that stop people from taking action. That's why and- I say that the only path to whatever you're talking about secession, I don't think that it's a possibility, um, but uh, it's a remote possibility, is nullification, where states say in certain areas, they tell the federal government, take a long walk, a short period, just like they did with uh, Real ID. It never got implemented. It was passed as the law of the land. That doesn't mean they will come after you. That doesn't mean they won't target you. But they can do whatever they you want. You can try as slow of a political climb as you want towards this, and as soon as the people in power feel the threat of oh my God, we're going to lose control. As soon as they feel that, if they're going to lash out, that's when they're going there, to do I it. I think there's a certain point at which the people in power, the bureaucrats or whoever, are going to see so many people aligned against them that they're going to be like, well, I want to be on that side. And they're going to vacate their Some post, will. and a lot of them will just walk away. And then there will be those stalwarts who'd go down in a blaze of glory 
but I think it's I think the mysticism behind secessionism is far too negative than, than it should be. Andrew, thanks for the call and the the thoughts. I appreciate it. And we are out of time for this evening's edition. You can also join us, of course, online in the meantime between now and tomorrow at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to find JJ's YouTube channel, Starfall Media. Just look for Starfall Media on YouTube. Use that search bar. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Which order you can go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. Now, I have work today. This is you ain't going to make Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hey! Oh my god! Unbelievable! Because you scared me! What am I being detained for? You're being served. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com.